Welcome to episode 20 of The Process Justice. Welcome to the Now Tampa Bay, everyone. I'm Paul Legrone. Let's go ahead and get you caught up on what's happening today. A high-profile attorney now fighting for criminal charges in the Clearwater Stand Your Ground case that has now captured the country's attention and it was caught on camera. The Now Sarah Hollenbach with the brand new Demands for Justice. Attorney Ben Crump says this is cold-blooded murder, and unlike the case of Trayvon Martin, whose family he also represented, this case is different. It was captured on video. Crump stood by Marquise McLaughlin's family, demanding justice today. He says this surveillance video shows Michael Draca starting the argument with McLaughlin's girlfriend. He also says the video shows McLaughlin backing away before Draca killed him. Crump believes race played a big role in both the McLaughlin and Martin cases, claiming if the shooter was a black man, it would have a different outcome. They both were allowed to go home and sleep in their bed that night after killing unarmed black men. We have to say no. This is not justice. Drake had told Bonnell's County deputies he was afraid for his life when McLaughlin pushed him to the ground. We tried reaching out to get his side of the story again today, but nobody answered the door. I just got off the phone with the state attorney's office. They tell me they have yet to receive this case from the sheriff's office and that it does take a while to transcribe. They expect to get it sometime next week. Reporting in Pinellas County, I'm Sarah Hollenbeck for the Now Tampa Bay. Taylor. And I'm Amante Martin. Today we have attorney Benjamin Crump on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Attorney Crump. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Uh, can you tell the people where you're from? I'm based out of Tallahassee, Florida. I have a national law firm, Ben Crump Law, and we have offices in over a dozen cities all across the USA. Oh yeah, where were you born and raised? I was born in Lumberton, North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, small rural town off of I-95 in Southern North Carolina. How was it growing up there? Um, it was interesting because, you know what I'm saying, ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. uh, we grew up in the projects. I was uh, a product of the same single parent household. My mother raised myself and my two uh, younger brothers. And uh, 
we never knew we had it bad until we saw what other people had. Uh, so I'm very thankful uh, for God raising me in that particular uh, predicament because now I have a desire, a hunger to accomplish more. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we know you as you know Attorney Crump, the adv the advocate, the uh, activist. Um, but who is Attorney Crump, the person? What inspires you? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I've, I've done thousands of interviews, and it always comes back to the same thing. Uh, my personal hero is Thurgood Marshall. Mm -hmm. um, we integrated the schools in North Carolina. You know, with all deliberate speed, came to London, North Carolina, almost uh, 30 years after Brown versus the Board uh, in 79. And it was when we went across the tracks to the new white school in the white neighborhood with the new technology and the new facilities and the new books. Uh, I said, wow, some people have it so good while people in my community have it so challenging. Um, and I made a decision right then that, that uh, they said we got to go to the new school, the new technology because of Brown versus Board of Education and Thurgood Marshall. And I said, I'm gonna be like third good morning because I want to make it better for my people. I want to make it better for my community. So, Mr. Crump, uh, how did your career begin? My uh, former law partner and I, Daryl Parks, um, we graduated law school together, turned down all our job offers, and we set up our shop because we believe we want to do law that can help our community. And we didn't figure nobody else was gonna let us do that. And uh, again, ignorance is bliss. We know what all it took to start a law firm. We probably wouldn't have done it, but when you're young, you know, you're cocky a little bit and confident. And uh, God was on our side and we became very successful very quickly. And we never looked back. So Mr. Crump, I'm from Liberty City, Miami. I know you know that, you know that area. Um, oh yeah. Ignorance is, bl is bliss over there as well, as you, uh, as you stated. So, yeah. do you do you do you believe this is your purpose? And when did you know? I do believe this is my purpose. I, I think God gives us all blessings and uh, influential uh, place in life to see if we're going to use the blessings and the education that he gives us to help others. I often think about Trayvon's case when his father called me. Uh, and you had this heartbroken father telling me about how his son had been killed, walking home with a bag of skittles and a can of iced tea, being profiled, pursued, and shot in the heart by this neighborhood watch volunteer with a nine millimeter gun. Even to this day, I still try to wrap my head around that. But nobody was watching save God. And it was at that time we had to make a decision uh, whether to help and take this case, no, we're gonna spend all our money, our time, our resources, and there was no guarantee the killer was ever gonna be arrested. But it's before Trayvon became, uh, you know, this hashtag, before everybody said, I am Trayvon, before LeBron James and the Miami Heat put on the hoodies and said, tweeted out the picture saying, we are all Trayvon before uh, they had the Million Hoodie Rally in New York and it shut down Times Square. 
before they had the change.org petition uh, saying that the killer, Trayvon Benjamin Martin, should at least be arrested and brought to court to face the evidence and the witnesses against him in the court of law before Trayvon became the number one news story in the world before President Barack Obama went out in the Rose Garden at the White House and said, if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. Before any of that there, it was just me and a broken-hearted father on the telephone. And uh, nobody was watching save God. And I believe God was testing me to some degree to say, are you going to answer the bail? Are you going to... Um, try to help the least of these uh, and when you try to do good and you do that you step out on faith and God takes over from there uh, because I could have found all the things that would happen uh, this worldwide phenomenon uh, a journey for justice for Trayvon Martin and so I give all the glory to God and I know that's why that's my purpose and my passion because God has uh, ordered my steps. Oh yeah, I, uh, Quay's a father, I'm a father, um, so I I couldn't imagine the pain that he went through when um, he called you, you know what I mean? Um, but being a source of relief for those who are going through a traumatic situation such that um, we've done it time and time again, um, how has that impacted you know your life? And how do you keep you know what I'm saying, your self-care uh, knowing that you have that on your shoulders. Now it's uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, and so I think we all have an obligation as Martin Luther King said um, in his letter from the Birmingham jail, if we're gonna call ourselves more for people. When you see an injustice, you have to try to do something about it. You just can't. Uh, see an injustice and look the other way. Uh, neutrality in the face of injustice is in of itself an injustice. Mm -hmm. So how has, has this changed me? It's made me uh, a lot more aware that if not you, then who? Mm -hmm. You have to try to do something. Your silence is betrayal. Mm -hmm. And so I have a five-year-old daughter. I have two adopted cousins who were Trayvon's age around the time when he was senselessly killed. Mm -hmm. So I am uh, constantly aware that, but for the grace of God, there go I. So that's what motivates me. I look at the beautiful black, brown faces, uh, these sun-kissed children, and I just believe that they are deserving of the American dream with all the due process of the law, equal justice and equal opportunity that comes with being an American citizen. Mm -hmm. From your point of view, what do you think is the problem that goes on with the contact between a police officer and a black or brown kid in America, especially you know, in the city? Well, I think it has a lot to do with mistrust. I think there's a huge issue of mistrust between law enforcement and the black community. And what we gotta do is to try to work to build that trust. Uh, for instance, I believe with transparency plus accountability, then you equal trust. Uh, but you can't get there 
if you don't have both those elements. We got to see what happened, and then we got to see if something nefarious had taken place on the behalf, on the part of the police officer. They got to be held accountable, and then we'll start to trust the system again, uh, because we see always you don't have to have no evidence with a uh, minority, and they throw the book at you, and you get convicted. But when it's the police and we dead on the ground, all the rules change. So it's very clear to me what we have to do to, to solve the problem. We have to have transparency plus accountability equals trust. Don't put, uh, protect and serve everybody else and then come and police us. We want equal justice, equal treatment, and equal opportunity. So what programs and initiatives do you think should be in place to help us with these opportunities in life, uh, especially our community? Well, a couple of them that I'm engaged in a lot is uh, the Lamplighters, which is a mentoring group of my fraternity on Lincoln South Park, where we are hands-on involved in the lives of 120 young men in this intense involvement. Because we're trying, we know what they're up against, what the eyes say are facing a young black man in America. So we're trying to champion them to be able to overcome the odds. I'm also the uh, founder and president of the Ben Crump Social Justice Institute that's housed at Tennessee State University, which is a collection of data that uh, gives us the information on police shootings, uh, police brutality, and all matter of things that nobody's documenting. So we have to have proof when we go into the courtroom to say that this is a pattern and practice of killing unarmed people of color in an arbitrary way. Uh, thank you, Attorney Benjamin Crump, for joining us on the podcast and you know giving us your time. Uh, do you have any lasting words that you want to leave with the people? Uh, all of this here, that it really is about what Justice Thurgood Marshall said, that the basis of the American Constitution is simply this, that a black baby born to a black mother has the same exact rights as a white baby born to a white mother. It doesn't matter that the black mother is the most uneducated black mother, the most inarticulate black mother, the most impoverished black mother, or that the white mother is the most articulate mother, the most educated mother, the most affluent mother. Uh, all that matters is that black baby draws its first breath as an American, um, and it should have all the rights and liberties of any other American. And Justice Marshall said, I know that's not the case in America today, but I challenge anybody to say that's not the goal we're fighting for. I challenge anybody to say, that's not what makes America the great beacon of hope and justice for all the world to marvel. So when we fight for the least of these, when we stand up for the Trayvon Martins of the world, and more importantly, the unknown Trayvon Martins of the world, what we're really doing is helping America live up to its creed. And more importantly, we're helping America be America for all Americans. This concludes episode 20 of The Process. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and to like us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you. They're chanting, trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process.
I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. Right? You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.